We good? What's up, everyone? Um, is the mic on? All right. Sorry for that. Uh, welcome. It's Thursday. Uh, sorry we're doing the show a little late. Normally we do it earlier. I had some medical things but let's cut kick right into it got some uh two movie re- well one movie one anime and one retro movie review that i just felt like getting because i was at walmart and bored got a uh rt unboxing some comic books to review some news and also uh we have uh Emily over here, who's going to do some uh, Nintendo Direct news, which, if you're living under a rock, you probably have heard some of about, and she will be able to tell you everything that you need to know so you can be a happy nerd. Join us and be a happy nerd. First, I'll like to jump into some... uh, kind of interesting news and also weird news and some cool news uh if you have noticed today was international Women's day but if you also notice in some social medias jedi day is trending and i found out why um mark hamill was getting his hollywood walk of fame star so that was pretty neat and a big uh thing And I'm really happy for him and the Star Wars fandom that that's, that he's being recognized. And uh, other news, I uh, I don't know if you have heard about this, but last week when uh, Stanley was battling his bout of pneumonia, he had $1.4 million stolen from him. He found that out days after coming down with n- pneumonia. So, hopefully they catch him, being a celebrity that Stanley is, that they probably will catch him, because that's what they do with people like that. And, uh, let's jump right into, uh, some reviews. First on the docket, we have Fairy Tales Dragon Cry. By Funimation, and uh, and so far this is actually a really decent movie. If it feels more part of the series than it was the other film that had come out before, if you haven't seen it, it was the uh, Phoenix something or other, and that was an okay movie, but it felt shoehorned in. This actually ties plots together from the show making a good coherent movie but like most of fairy tale specials and movies it's overloaded with fan service like yes they do have fan service in the show but to hear it's like cranked up to a crazy high level degree it's kind of funny some of the stuff that they do like there is a pretty silly scene where uh urza and lucy are in a bar Urza is a bunny girl, scantily clad bunny girl, not her normal bunny girl outfit that they have in the show. And Lucy is wearing this really skimpy bikini thing, and she's dancing for him to distract the main villain, one of the main villains, to steal his keys so they can break into the vault to get the dragon's cry. 
and the dragon's cry is basically like this ancient staff that was found in the dragon catacombs underneath the uh, fairy games field where it's been absorbing all the pain and suffering of the dragons and anyone that wields it will be unleashing their fury and their anger now some people are trying to use this for their own game some people are trying to use this to help save their country from destruction others are using it to free themselves from bondage another person just wants to destroy fiore because they didn't like that he was a crazy person and tried to have him arrested when he was killing innocent people because he believed it was okay I highly recommend checking this out. It has a nice ending and a really good animation. And even if you're fairly newish to the story, it is a, enough of an independent thing where you might get confused with some things like uh, Juvie and Gray's relationship, Natsu and Lucy's re- relationship. But watching it, you kind of figure out pretty early on things like Natsu and Lucy have this sort of secret I love you thing, but the way that their relationship is, they don't have to say it. It's sort of like the unsaid thing. And Juvia is just Grey's stalker that Grey loves back, but he doesn't say I love you back. Like He goes full demon slayer mode when he sees that Juvia was hurt and right when um, Gray's about to be hurt by two female dolls Juvia goes yandere and kills them because she can't have other women around her Gray which is the big running joke throughout the show once Juvia is introduced that she is a psycho but won't go to that killing distance the only reason why they were killed is because they were inanimate objects, and that was okay. Next will be the anime series, and it's Attack on Titan Season 2. This picks up right where Season 1 left off. If you haven't seen Season 1 yet, I will give you a brief summary without giving too too much away but it's been out for years you if you haven't seen it yet check it out this is basically your zombie survival film that series that is really well done the uh drama is really good and has really well done ways has really well acted out human emotions like what would you really do in this survival situation it shows how people break down when their own life's in jeopardy how much they would go to protect themselves even if it means that they're hurting something that would eventually protect them just because they don't understand or fear it and in uh, season one you're introduced to three characters Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin, and they're the bunch that you will follow throughout the show. Other characters do get introduced later on, but those three are the main three. Aaron was the son of the town doctor, 
and when his father goes away, that's when Titans attack. His mom's killed. He swears vengeance after seeing her killed. And Mikasa and Aaron, because they have no other families either, go with Aaron to uh, join the military police. Well, not the military. They join the military so they can join the scouts, go outside the walls, and kill Titans because they're just mindless monsters. But, as it turns out, Aaron has the ability to turn into a Titan, which makes him a spectacle. People try to murder him because when he, the first time he transformed, he went on instinct and almost attacked his friends. It took a while to fully gain control over his Titan powers. But it's still up in the air. Now, uh, the other character, Mikasa, has been with Aaron since childhood, Aaron literally saved her from getting sold into slavery, and they killed the guy together. The guy that was trying to sell her into slavery. And they had formed this instant bond. And because those slaver guys killed Mikasa's parents, she had no one left, so she went to go live with Aaron's family. And she became his bodyguard. And has kind of cracked a little, where she will straight up murder someone... Or almost murder someone if someone does anything negative to Aaron. She is completely obsessed with him to the point where she would literally sacrifice her own life if it meant he could keep going. And because of that, her friends and other people have had to hold her back when Aaron gets disciplined by superior officers for his recklessness because he's cocky, he can have this titan form, so he thinks he can do whatever. And some of his superior officers that know what they're doing know that he can be trusted, but know he needs to be knocked down a peg before he lets his ego get out of control. And then there's Armin, who is sort of the uh, third man in the group. He is the most smartest person in their military he can figure out all these different strategies on the fly while being hunted down by giant monsters that are trying to eat them so that's basically his role in the group is being the voice of reason slash uh strategist throughout the season we get introduced to more and more characters uh introduced to new plots and then by season two we get to meet some interesting hiccups we get to find out that the wall that's are protecting these cities are actually made out of titans somehow still unknown if you read the manga you'll find out i'm not reading the manga i'm watching the anime because i don't want to be spoiled and the anime is way too enjoyable to watch after i'm the anime is all done i will check out the manga myself and see from there they had some interesting character relationships with a character known as Krista slash Historia and a f- other female uh, scout member, Ymir. Ymir turns out to be from a civilization past. She's a Titan, and Titans are actually human. And the Titans that are attacking and killing people are Titans who have lost their humanity, which apparently happens every so often. If they don't have a reason to fight, they kind of go insane. Ymir went into hibernation when she woke up 
woke up from her 60-year hibernation. She attacked and killed some people, but she sort of remembers it, but not fully. She went back to being her human self, scavenging for food here and there, until she hears about Krista and what the government's trying to do, because she went through the same thing when she was a kid, so she's trying to protect her, because she doesn't want her making the same mistakes, and because they are... Ha, ha, went, are going through similar circumstances they kind of fall in love and there's always those joking si- scenes where they're saying that I will marry you and that's meant to be a joke but there actually is real chemistry and romance between these two characters it's just one of those things where they don't have to say it say it which happens a lot in main animes where they will have gay or straight or whatever protagonists they don't say that they are an item because they want to leave that up to interpretation but a lot of times you're watching you're like yeah that that people those people are definitely an item and in it this season though uh aaron learns that two of his closest friends are actually titans themselves and were responsible for the downfall of his village and the death of his mother. He tries to fight them, they kidnap him, but he manages to escape with the help of his friends. But unfortunately, they, them and Ymir run off into the sunset to go meet with this beast titan, who is another human that's fully aware. No one is unsure who he is. I know it's been kind of hinted or slash revealed in the manga like i said i'm not reading that i will let the find out when the anime is d- deemed it ready i highly recommend this anime if you like really cool action you like zombie survival you like uh really good drama it is fun entertaining and it's also a show you might want to control the volume with because there is a lot of screaming people scream for no reason it's kind of become a joke and if you've been on the internet you know it's a meme too a lot of the famous meme is of armin and some people have spliced it in so it's the fabulous he-man doing it and it's like i said it's worth check out now for uh, the retro movie Got Turbo, a Power Ranger movie. Because, like I said, I was in Walmart the other day, went by the f- shopping for some stuff, went, walked by their $3 DVD bin. I'm like, you know what? That's worth it. Get a piece of nostalgia from my childhood. And this movie is just, just awful. Like, it's fun if you want to rip into a terrible movie. It had. Honestly, I forgot how awesome the music was for this. And that's its only saving grace is the music. And there's just so many plot holes. Not a whole lot of special features on here. But hey, 
it, it it's worth it for the dumb nostalgia. And if you feel like checking it out, check it out. If not, it's not for you. Next, we'll do uh, the RT unboxing. If you haven't heard of this, it's the Rooster Teeth RT box. And if you haven't heard, this month is the last month that you can do the normal RT box because starting in April, they have changed things around where you won't be able to do the normal RT box anymore. They're going to do a quarterly RT box, which is they're kind of being vague what it's going to be, but it's going to be more expensive. It's going to be 69.99 for every uh, quarter. It's undetermined how many boxes they'll do if it's just one big one that will be full of a lot of goodies for you. But they have stated if you want to do that, you also need to re-sign up for first because they're not combining those two services like they've done with Double Gold. I think that's a bad idea. I liked having everything in one, but as time will go on, I'll probably just switch back to being a first member instead of being a Double Gold because basically spending $70 a month... every four months that sounds like a good idea but unfortunately i probably won't be able to do the first box because of other stuff i need to take care of Alright, this is a weird sort of item. That's a Rupert Teeth, and it's a pen that's in the shape of a wiener dog. It's kind of cute, and I like it. It's got a little jingly bell, if you can hear that. I'm, I'm one of those people that likes simple things like that. We have an Achievement Hunter Labs mystery collectible figure. You can get Jeremy, Michael, or Gavin. I'm hoping for Michael or Gavin because I like those two. They're hilarious. And looks like... I believe... Um, yeah, I got Gavin, so I'm kind of happy with that. I got the Golden Gavin. <laughs> I feel like that should be an award, the Golden Gavin. <laughs> if, if you know Rooster Teeth stuff, you'll kind of get that joke. You get the Golden Gavin if you win random Google stuff. Okay. Random paper.
And this is uh, nice. This is a, a little piece of nostalgia for people who are fans of Ruby. And that is the uh, a Velvet Scarlatina shirt from her uh, end credit scene from um, Ruby uh, Volume 1. And this is the image that they played at the end of the episode when they first introduced her character. I believe it was um, from the uh, chapter when they were dealing with Cardin, introducing Cardin as the big bully of the school. This is really cool. I love this shirt. It's super soft. And I'll probably be wearing it next time we do the show. And then we got this uh, silicone collapsible pet bowl that you can bring with you to uh, because it's very important to keep your pets hydrated when you're on the go. Uh, it's got a little hook thing so it can connect to your stuff. And then you just flatten out when you don't need it, pop it open to give them water whenever you need it. That's really thoughtful for people that are pet owners. Aww. And we got Ruby Chibi pins. We got Zwai's head and Zwai's butt. Referencing Ruby's painting that she did from Ruby Chibi Season 2. Or Season 1. So those are cute. And got an item in here from Nomad of Nowhere, and it's a Pops socket, a Pop socket. Not sure what that is. Um, looks kind of cool, though. Do you know what a Pop socket is? It says to use your phone better. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I haven't used one of those before. Yeah, that's everything in the box. So I'll I'll post uh, better images of, of the stuff that was in this box on our Facebook page if you want to check that out later. Next, we got some comic book reviews. This came out um, two weeks ago. It was the it came out near the end of last month. It was the start of the Shattered Grid storyline for Power Rangers. It's kind of entertaining for what they're doing. It's basically an evil version of Tommy that is taking o- over. He's going through these different timelines to uh, for whatever reasoning. It's going to be explained, and it's combining with this 
comic book and also go go power rangers comic book which i'll be picking up and reading for the event Next, we have the Infinity Stones Prelude, um, the Infinity Countdown Clock. Uh, I got the variant cover because I kind of like this one better. Now, I'm sure you probably have already checked out the uh, first issue that came out uh, back on Wednesday. I'll be reviewing that next week. I get my comics from Midtown, so I'm about a week or so behind from when we do the shows from when I actually get them on Saturday. So I'll be reviewing it when I can. And this was a nice start to it. It's showing off who will be where. uh, Introducing three Captain Marvels. We got Carol. We got um, Spectrum. We got uh, the original Captain Marvel. And a fourth one it looks like. But that might have just been showing that a bunch of them have it. Who knows? It looks entertaining. We uh, got to see a Daredevil... uh, having some fun with it uh super scrolls return and his stone that he's gonna have and they had a nice nod to uh gamora and how a part of her is still trapped in the soul stone and they showed hank pym getting separated from hank tron which was ultron and hank pym fuse his soul has been put into the soul stone too and he get got to meet with gamora but instead of being young, she is this old, shriveled-up woman who's been in there and f- f- she was first put in there. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Next, we have Teen Titans number 17. And again, we get to see Beast Boy being dumb. He is letting his feelings that he has just rule everything that he's doing he blames his team for all of his problems he blames robin he doesn't like damien robin because it's not tim drake so he puts starfire in power because he's like oh yeah yeah i'll I'll totally listen to you yet he does not listen to her he always does whatever he wants to do and it's slightly annoying like they're setting up where they want me to hate beast boy he's been nothing but arrogant and annoying you can leave your own thoughts and feelings on about what you think for this uh uh, what you take from it uh it's basically beast boy getting tricked by evil super nerd hipsters that created a microchip that goes in your brain that you can connect to the internet play games and do all this fun stuff but really they're using it to control people to commit murders because that's literally what they showed. The Titans are going to be hunting down Beast Boy's new ally, and that's going to be the next story arc until the comic comes to a close, because so far they have not shown any solicitations yet for uh, the month of May. Now, I believe the reason why they aren't doing that is they're going on break because of an event in Justice League called No Justice. And on the teams, they showed the Teen Titans and Titans in different capacities on with different teams. So I believe what's going on is they're all being drawn into this. And then afterwards, in June, uh, 
we'll get to see the rejoining of the teams, if they're actually going to do more with it, or if it's just going to be a sign-off to the teams. Who knows? We'll find out as time goes on. We got the uh, last issue of Captain Marvel, because it's not a cancellation. It's going on hold for a while, because she's going to be having a major part in Infinity Countdown. So this was her getting her reality stone and returning home. And she found out the Dark Carol of that from the Dark Universe was there and causing trouble and mayhem with her friends as she was dealing with it. And we got to learn what Dr. M- uh, Mim's plan was. And it was crazy. She wanted to use the reality stone and steal the uh, uh, Hala planet of this darker universe where everything's flip-flopped and bringing it to the main universe to revive their people. And the great intelligence agreed with her, saying that was a good idea. Clearly, it was not. And so this literally ended with setting up that it kind of had a sweet moment with Bean and uh, Carol, so... I don't know if that's the last we'll see of Bean, or if she'll show up again later on, or sometime in the future, or if she's just gone, gone forever. Who knows? No one really stays dead for long in Marvel continuity. Next, I got a uh, double whammy review. For part three and four of the Poison X. Now, part the final part just came out this week. I highly recommend you check it out. This has been a fantastic story. And it's all leading up to Venomized, which will be the final story arc of the Poisons. If The Poisons are an entity from another universe that are catching the Venom symbiotes and eating their hosts and becoming the perfect union, as they say. Now, what happened is the uh, X-Men have gotten their own symbiotes after freeing them from this bounty hunter, sending him to jail, going uh, to find the Starjammers to free Cyclops' father. But in the process the bounty hunter that they had arrested has teamed up with a poison craven the hunter somehow the poisons have made it to the main universe and while the uh, good guys finally make it there they finally free the star jammers their victory is short lived as gene and uh, killer thrill get turned into poisons at the end Now, as we know, it's possible for poisons to be saved because it takes a while for some, if they're very powerful or very strange hosts, that they don't get eaten fully. So what I think is going to happen is something's going to happen that frees them from this poison control because on the cover of the last issue, it shows all of the X-Men Blue as different poisons trying to kill Eddie Brock Venom. So who knows what will be in the conclusion of that. I will check it out this Saturday when it comes in the mail. Next we have the search for Tony Stark. And this is more kind of annoying-ish. 
it shows Tony on the cover, but it doesn't focus on Tony. Instead, it focuses more on Victor Von Doom and Riri. Uh, they show a little bit of Tony's mom trying to find them, but they're having no luck. Victor is being hunted down by all these old villains, and it looks like he's having his own breakdown. He misses Reed Richards. He wants his old friend back, but he's still holding on to that notion that he wants to be a hero. He doesn't want to be the villain anymore. He wants to help people. He wants to make their lives better. And, uh... Riri goes to MIT, and because she used parts of their tech to uh, make her Ironheart suits, uh, MIT is helping her sue Stark Tech to get her armor back, and all that she has to do is agree to go back to MIT and keep building. They're going to just let her do whatever because they realize she's smart. She has all this tech abilities at her disposable it's better to encourage than restrict her so it looks like riri predicted these actions because she pushes a small little button and all the tech that was stolen by these um repossessors that were bringing them back to stark industries all came to life and then flew off to heading off to where riri is at mit and um they also showed other notable characters like the head of AIM, who is also was the Iron Patriot, a part of the U.S. Avengers before they split up, as well as Tony Stark's brother. Yeah, you know, the th- character that's kind of been pushed to the side and forgotten about. And they're all looking for Tony, and they believe teaming up with Riri is their best chance at getting him back. So we'll look on and see what happens as that story unfolds. Next, we have Champion for a Day, Part 2. Now, in this, we get to see the champions with their four new members that they've got on an honorary basis right now sort of bickering with each other fighting over uh who can do what they help out different people but they're also worried they want vivian back and they want their vivian back not new vivian and they also show vision with uh his uh aunt because technically yes she is his aunt since he was or great aunt because she was a uh, he's was made by Ultron and Ultron was made by Hank Pym and Nadia is Hank Pym's biological daughter. So great aunt something whatever she helps heal him finds out there's a computer virus and that's why he's been acting so irrational and crazy lately but not crazy crazy but, but normal crazy for vision. And what they're trying to do is uh, free him from this, but then they make a startling realization. The Viv vision that Vision created after he thought his daughter had died and he was creating a new one because his grief demanded it. What if she has the virus? And it turns out she does, and she's a whole lot worse. She's trying to kill the original Viv because she believes that her father will be happier once the human Viv is dead, so he doesn't have her biological nuisance weighing him down. And if he disagrees with her, she'll kill him too. 
So Viv tries to call for help, but evil Viv is intercepting all of her stuff, but eventually she gets a signal out to the champions. The champions are coming, but they come at the wrong time as Viv kills her evil twin by shoving a uh, lamp through her chest when she phased and went solid, destroying her. Who knows if this is the real end of that Viv, or if Viv and if Vision and Nadia will get there in time to help clear up the situation, because from the point of view, it looks like their friend went and became a killer. Next, we got Gotham City Garage, number uh, 10. There's only about a few more of these left, number 11 and number 12. And then it will be over with. And I'm really sad to see this story go. It was super entertaining. And I recommend it to anyone that would want to read it. Now, what's going on here is uh, you get to see this epic um, batical version of Black Canary. Black Canary was part of the Gotham City Garage before, but she left to go get reinforcements. And she ended up joining Ra's al Ghul with Oliver Queen. And their secret goal was to overthrow the Demon's Hand and become the new Demon's Hand. It didn't matter which one of them, but they had to make it convincing. And luckily, she became the new Demon's Hand, and she is using all of the League of Assassins to help fight in the war against Lex Luthor. So that should be pretty epic. And we got the last issue of Blue Beetle. Now, he might come back again sometime in the future, but so far, for now, this is the end. And it was just basically him tying up loose ends, discovering what he will be doing for his future and partnering with his uh, girlfriend and helping her realize that they can still date and she kind of likes the fact that she's dating a hero but he, she also likes that he's trying to separate his hero life and his social life and it's kind of a nice turn of events because a lot of times DC has a rule that people are not allowed to be happily together that there's always going to be some conflict. And finally, we have the last comic I'll be reviewing is The Last Gwenpool, number 25. I got this awesome variant cover. I really like this one. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Just after a few pages into this, I was crying. I was really attached to this character, I felt they gave her a beautiful send-off. I know this won't be the end-end, as, like they stated, that some fan that really liked this book that might work for Marvel someday might bring it back or might keep on continuing making fan art of her doing this and that. Uh, It's clear that she'll be around in the background um, with different characters because I highly doubt they're just going to pull the complete axe on her because they had her in other books before too interacting with them that wasn't in her book she did it with the champion she did it with the guardians she did it with uh, howard the duck and this was just such a beautiful send-off and i loved and hated every second of it because the reason why i hated it was because i didn't want this to end i felt really connected to this character she 
felt like me having a hard time communicating with people in reality and using uh, comics and stuff to help communicate. It was completely beautiful. My hat's off to Marvel for doing such a wonderful job and giving this character the wonderful and beautiful end that she deserved. And now we'll kick things off to uh, Emily to uh, talk about the Nintendo Direct news. a lot of buzz about. Um, There was a pretty big Nintendo Direct today. Um, Honestly, a lot of things that I was not expecting before E3. Um, I'll get right to Smash Bros, because I know that's the big thing everyone is talking about. Um, It isn't really clear whether it's Smash 4 Deluxe or a new Smash Brothers entirely, and I know for a while Sakurai had been talking about not wanting to do a Smash. Um, so it sounds like probably it's going to be Smash 4 plus some new characters, which is fine as far as I'm concerned. Um, we'll get the Switch portability, the better online. I know I've had way better luck with Wi-Fi on the Switch than I have on the Wii U. Um, so hopefully there won't be as much lag in online matches, which would be great. Um, and it looks like they're altering some of the existing characters as well. If you take like a still shot of Link's appearance in the trailer, you can see it's his Breath of the Wild version. Um, so we'll see which other characters have been updated for their newer games. Um, we might see, like, Mario Odyssey versions of Mario and Peach. Um, possibly Zelda would be the Breath of the Wild version. Um, so that's going to be a very exciting game. I'm thinking it's probably going to come out for the holiday season since they haven't nailed down a release month yet. Um, and in the past, Smash has always been, like, the big winter holiday season release for Nintendo. Um, And then other than that, um, there were a couple other new announcements, um, a lot of updated info on stuff that was already announced. Um, They started talking about the free updates for Kirby Star Allies, which releases next Friday. Um, They're doing free update DLC for additional characters. I'm assuming they're extra ally characters. They're adding a bunch from the older Dreamland games um, later on after the game's been out for a couple weeks. Um, there's some more info on the um, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Um, we finally have a release date on that, so we'll be getting Hyrule Warriors in May. Um, And for anyone that hasn't been keeping up with that announcement, it's going to be all the content from both the Wii U and 3DS Hyrule Warriors, um, along with all of the DLC. So tons and tons of Hyrule Warrior content packed into one game. Um, I know I never got the DLC or the 3DS version, so this will give me a chance to play some things I missed out on. Um, from the original Wii version without the DLC. Um, We got some more footage of Detective Pikachu, um, 
and that's up for pre-order now, along with the giant amiibo of Detective Pikachu. Um, and that'll be releasing later this month as well, along with Kirby. Um, some more info on the um, re-release of Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Um, and I think that's most of the update stuff. Oh, and there was some more footage of Octopath Traveler, which, um, as an old-school RPG fan, I am very excited for. Um, I love the old-school pixel art look with the newer graphical effects. The lighting and the distance and shading and stuff is just, like, a really nice touch, and it really brings a lot of extra depth to that old-school art. Um, and I had played an old demo for that, um... I think it was one of the Fall Directs last year. They had released a demo for the beginning of two character stories, um, and it was just a really cool game. Um, very, very good for, like, old-school RPG fans, so that's definitely one I've been keeping my eye on. Um, and then we get some cool, like, third-party support announcements. Um, Undertale is getting ported to the Switch, which I think is really cool, um, as Toby Fox took a lot of inspiration from the Mother Trilogy for Undertale, um, so having that be finally released on a Nintendo console is this really nice kind of full-circle effect to that. Um, and of course the, um, the announcement was very much in character with the coming eventually release window and stuff. Just very cute and very in character. Eventually everything happens. <laughs> um, Dark Souls is getting remastered on the Switch and there's, um, a great Praise the Sun amiibo available for that. Um, so in May you can get Dark Souls, you can get it on a nice handheld console, and you can get your, your sun-praising amiibo. You even praise, bro. Um, the South Park game, um, Fractured But Whole, is going to be ported to Switch. Um, I don't think there's a release date oh, on we, that we, yet. We should definitely get that. But, um, oh, boy. <laughs> but those are really interesting games. Um, I played the first one of those on PC, um, The Stick of Truth, and um, it's like a fairly simple game, but a lot of fun. You make your own character, and you interact with the town, um, and it's got like some basic RPG mechanics to it, so it's pretty fun. Um, Crash Bandicoot is getting ported to Switch, the Insane Trilogy, which was released on the PS4 a little while back. Um, so that's another really solid classic game collection. Um, and not something that I ever really expected to be on Nintendo. I know some of the later crashes, like GameCube era, were also on Nintendo consoles, but the originals had always been these Sony-exclusive games. Um, with them being, you know, they're Naughty Dog published, so they're always pretty close with Sony. So getting those on Switch was really unexpected and cool. Um, Okami HD is getting brought to the Switch. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be the same HD version that was released on Steam a little while back. Um... And that'll be another really, really great game. Um, I've played an older version of Okami. Not the original. I didn't play it on PS2, um, but I have the Wii version. Um, and it's just a really beautiful game. Um, the game mechanics play a bit like Zelda, that same sort of action-adventure type of gameplay. Um, and all the characters and stories are drawn from Japanese mythology with, like, 
a really nice like cell shaded art style. It's a really cool and really unique game. Um, so definitely something worth checking out if you haven't played any of the prior releases of that. Um, what else was there? Oh, um, there's a few other um, Nintendo re-releases. Some stuff coming out on 3DS too. Um, so that's still getting a few games, not as much as the Switch, um, but we are getting a 3DS re-release of Luigi's Mansion from the GameCube. Um, so that'll be really cool. Um, have that on the same console as the sequel we got a few years back. Um, and we're getting a new WarioWare, which those games are always pretty fun. Um, lots of great characters, just... They go totally crazy with those games. Um, there's always a lot of energy to them, and the micro-games do some pretty interesting stuff. Um, so that'll be a fun one to check out. Um, and then um, the big Nintendo announcement um, that they confirmed before the Direct even happened um, was there's a new Mario Tennis coming out. Um, so that's another Switch release, um, and that'll be out this summer. Um, and, you know, it's pretty similar to the older Mario Tennis games, um, but they've definitely modernized it a lot. Um, the graphics look great, like all the textures and colors and stuff are so vibrant and so clear. The trailer was just like pure eye candy, so that could be pretty cool. Um, oh, and T Captain Toad is getting ported, um, and they're <laughs> adding some new um, Mario Odyssey themed levels. Um, and that's actually something that I missed on Wii U. Um, not for lack of interest, it looks like a fun game. Um, it's just sort of one of those ones that, like, I always had other stuff on my backlog that I picked up first. Um, so I'll probably be checking out the Switch version, um, now that that's coming out with some new stages and some new content. Um, so I think that's if, as far as, um the U.S. Direct goes. Um, now, another game that I've been watching um, that at this point looks like it'll be Japan exclusive is the Switch is getting a new Taiko Drum Master, um, which only one of those games ever got localized. There was um, one of the old PlayStation 2 versions that had been. Um, it's a fairly simple rhythm game, but it's pretty fun. Um, so... I guess the new Switch version is foregoing the drum controller and using the motion controls in the Joy-Cons. Um, so that could be pretty cool. Um, I feel like Nintendo's got pretty good motion tracking in those controllers by now. Like, once they worked out the bugs with the earlier Wii controllers, things got pretty smooth. Um, so... Hopefully that won't be too difficult to import, because that's something that I would definitely like to play. Um, and yeah, that's um, that's about everything for the Nintendo Direct stuff. Um, and we'll definitely be streaming some of these games in the future. I'm planning on picking up Kirby Star Allies next Friday and trying to do like a couple streams a week just playing through that. Um, I've always been a huge fan of those games. Um, Kirby Planet Robobot was the last one I played, and that was one of the better um, modern platformers I played. Definitely one of my favorite 3DS games. And Star Allies is looking like it's shaping up really well. I tried the demo out last week, and it was a lot of fun, so I'm super pumped to play that. 
Before we uh, cut out, there was one other thing I was going to talk about I forgot to earlier. Was we got our first look at the uh, Iron Man armor for Avenger for the new Avengers movie coming out in a few weeks, and it looks like it's going to be a nanobot armor, and that leads to more fan theories of Tony sacrificing himself and giving his armor to Spider-Man to escape. It looks like he will be able to have some space travel because in the images that we've seen of it which just came out today, is uh, he'll be able to fly around. So who knows what that'll mean for the games that will be coming out for systems, because a lot of the stuff that they've been doing with this has been all hush-hush. They usually have the games come out for these game types of big movies come out later on. And, uh, yeah. And there was another Pokemon thing that wasn't in the Direct that got announced today was how Pokemon Bank is doing a special event right now where you can go online and get... uh, All of them will be uh, the same level cap 50, and they will each have the hidden ability. Um, You'll get a hidden ability, a Cineroar, Decidueye, and uh, Permamelia, is that right? Uh, Yeah, Primarina. Yeah. Yeah. And... um, Incineroar's is kind of okay. It's just basically uh, intimidate, and then for Decidueye, it's a long reach, which will let him still hit people without having to physically hit people. Or hit them without dealing with item effects like Rocky Helmet, Poison Barbs, so on and so forth. And uh, Permamelia uh, has a nice ability where it's going to turn to sound attacks into water attacks too so it it, it is kind of a lame ability but it's kind of cool too because now like moves like hyper voice and stuff and round and other things like that will be now treated as water attacks instead of just normal which I think will be kind of useful depending on how you use uh, that Pokemon uh that's all I got for today. Should we uh, sign off? Yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah. All right, until uh, next week, keep on, keep it on.